Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers uh, with your Monday morning dictations on different subjects. Um, today we've got a special guest and we're going to talk on one of my favorite subjects again, and that's your breathing and how your breathing really affects your whole health. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about the, the book I went over, Breath, um, by James Nestor. That was the first book I read about breathing. And today we're going to talk about another one I just finished up called The Oxygen Advantage. And that's by Patrick McCown. And that is really dives a little bit deeper into it. So in the meantime, um, in talking with many people about this subject, uh, I came across an old friend, uh, Zach Kramer. You know, back when there, Zach is, back when I was the, I still am the high school team football coach. Zach was one of the players at Dobbins Bennett, <clears throat> actually a very good friend of my son, Andy's. And so we've been family friends for years. Um, Zach also played college football at Center College. And uh, since then, his focus has been on fitness and health. He has his own company called Trinity Strength in Knoxville. And the way he approaches his healthy workouts is really not just going in there and, you know, lifting weights and running and all that. But he really takes an all-encompassing approach to, to health, which I like. You know, he's kind of gotten away from, you know, uh, some of the traditional ways of working out and is incorporating nutrition and breathing into his practice now and that's what we're going to talk about with him uh zach comes from a long line of athletes uh his grandfather uh, was a commissioner of the sec for many years and well-known guy and his dad also played college football and did some coaching so zach comes from a long line of uh football players and athletes and he's certainly when you look at him he's the example of fitness and uh I've admired him for many years, and now that he's getting into this, you know, we're really on the same level with all the stuff we do, so I thought that would be a great opportunity to kind of riff and interview him a little bit about, uh, about breathing, not only while exercising, but even while you sleep. Um, so, Zach, welcome to our podcast today, um, and um, tell give me a little bit about, about background on your uh, history and how you got into this thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as far as health and wellness, fitness, I've always been um, into exercising. I think in football, when I played in college, I was, uh, I think I enjoyed the off season training more than I did actually playing football. And so that kind of led me into coaching and, um, you know, doing training like this. But then about, if we go more into breathing about three years ago, um, I started my own breathing practice, um, playing around with some different things that I'd you know, heard here and there about on podcasts and things and began implementing that into my morning routine. And from there, it just kind of grew into more and more of a passion until I started going to some, to some seminar, some seminars and certifications. And once I started going to those, my eyes were open to really how important this was and how fundamental it was just for overall well-being and exercise, um, just to exercise safely. And then also for performance, really high level athletes and began implementing that at our gym. That is awesome. You know, um, a lot of my focus in my practice uh, follows really four things that I think you need to focus on. The first is nutrition. Second is exercise. Third is sleep. 
The fourth is hormones, hormone mm -hmm. balance. But the sleep thing, which I think is equally important as the other one, you know, if you're not sleeping well, um, nothing's going to be optimal for you. You know, we're searching right. for optimal health, not normal health. Everything we do in yeah. my practice is focused on being optimal, not normal. No, your yeah. normal or yeah, average. We need to check what our normal means. Normal means not good, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Optimal means good. So, and certainly sleep patterns. You know, with all the sleep, the obesity, the sleep apnea, mm -hmm. and it turns out that. You know, I look at this with myself. I used to be a mouth breather at night, and that's a yes. terrible way to live. You never get the proper amount of sleep. Mm -hmm. I don't think I had sleep apnea. Um, I know my brother did, and he, he cured his sleep apnea just by putting a piece of tape over his mouth. <laughs> did he do that and, recently? Uh, yeah, and within the last yeah. three months, and yep. I mean, his wife was basically kicking him out of the bedroom every night because she couldn't stand to sleep with him because <laughs> he snored so bad, and he's a lean guy. So mm -hmm. he, he read this book, Breath, and then he started taping his mouth shut at night, <laughs> and it changed his whole life. I mean, he felt 100% it's, it's better. Crazy. He didn't even have to go for a sleep study, which I was pushing for him, mm -hmm. and or get CPAP or any of that stuff. So mm -hmm. and this is a really lean CPAP, yeah. guy. So, um, you know, for years I've been sending people for uh, sleep studies and putting CPAP on them, which I'm not cutting down. Hey, it saves lives. Mm -hmm. you know, sleep apnea is a terrible, horrible condition. It not only causes sudden death, but hypertension, heart disease, and all that. So then I started reading and diving into the different forms of breathing and how we have all this chronic sinus problems, asthma. I mean, how many, as an athlete, how many of your teammates had exercise-induced asthma? Yeah, lots. See it a lot at the gym as well. Probably a lot. And really, if they learn to do the proper nasal breathing, uh, mm -hmm. they can uh, they can cure chronic sinusitis and probably exercise-induced asthma. You can certainly take your fitness to a whole new level if you learn how to breathe through your nose and maybe even doing some breath-holding techniques uh, while you exercise, which is hard. <laughs> which I wish yeah, I'd really have known this stuff when I was, uh, you know, an athlete growing up. Mm -hmm. I think I would have performed a hundred times better, you know, in tennis, on the bike, etc. But talk to me about your classes and breathing, and uh, in general, what you think people need to really focus on. We know you need to breathe yep. through your nose, right? Your mouth is for talking Absolutely. or eating. Your nose is for breathing. Correct. And it definitely comes down to kind of what your intentions are. So um, going into how we use it for workouts, there's there's so many different ways to go with that. One of the first ways we teach, if we want to step aside from just nasal breathing and come back to that for a second, um, we can talk more about cueing the diaphragm to breathe. And when somebody comes to our gym, literally the first thing we have them do is lay down on the floor, hand on your belly, hand on your chest, and teach you how to properly breathe with your belly. So a lot of the issues we see in the exercise world are back issues. Um, I won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but a lot of those issues we see are back issues, which stems from not being able to breathe into our bellies the way we're meant to and having a strong core, a strong foundation with our abs. And we end up putting a lot of that blunt brunt of the work on our back um, the second piece we do, the kind of the initial piece of breathing that we implement when people join the gym would be the nasal only uh, breathing. That's a little bit harder to get people to um, 
really buy into because it does feel very difficult at first. So, but what we challenge people to do is when they join the gym is to breathe only through their nose for the whole first month. And really that's going to do two things. One, it's going to open up your sinuses and it's going to increase your endurance um, tenfold times what you could do if you're just mouth breathing the first month you come back into exercising. Uh, but the other thing it's going to do is keep you safe because you're going to have to scale your intensity to the level that you can nasal breathe with. And if you're doing that, then you're not going to be going so hard that you end up getting injured. Like we see some people, especially ex-athletes or people like that who come back in and want to exercise again, they might go a little bit too hard. But if they're keeping nasal breathing only, they're not going to be able to push it to that intensity. That is really fascinating to me. And you're exactly right. Because I've, I've been doing some of this training myself. I, I love to ride bikes. And I've been doing nasal breathing, taping my mouth shut and going up a hill on a bike, man, it yeah. is tough. I mean, I really learned that I have to go kind of slow. And then mm -hmm. because you feel like when you first start this, you almost feel like you're suffocating. You get that air. Hunger. And you know what it's all about. Apparently, well, a couple of things that I've researched is number one, your, your nose has these receptors for uh, nitrous oxide. And which is a gas that promotes all kinds of great benefits for your body because mm -hmm. it vasodilates uh, everything, which is great for anywhere from increasing your exercise capacity to erectile dysfunction. Right. So, and it doesn't occur when you mouth breathe. So when you activate that, those nitric oxide receptors in your nose and your sinuses, you're opening up a whole new world of, um, building up a lot of things and protecting mm -hmm. you. The other thing that I've learned, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll jump in there real quick. I want to keep talking about the endurance, but since you already brought up the nitric oxide, there's actually just a study um, that came out because nitric oxide is also um, an antiviral, antimicrobial. And they just did studies that show that the nitric oxide you release in your nasal cavities helps stop the replication of COVID. So another reason to be breathing through your nose because you'll release that nitric oxide to protect your body as well. I did read that. And that's a great point, especially right now when we're seeing all this tons yeah. of COVID. I mean, we've treated hundreds of cases of COVID already and we're, I'm sure we're going to treat a lot more, but, um, but, and interestingly, the ones that I find that do well with COVID, it's just like a cold or the ones that are really in shape and fit and taking the right kind of vitamins. Mm -hmm nutrition but um so sorry yeah back thing, to the thing about the nitric oxide is very interesting to me um the other thing that fascinated me was that you're really trying to teach your body how to tolerate co2 carbon dioxide right yes. i mean it turns out that it's not so much about the oxygen as it is the the co2 yeah. and it, you teach your body to tolerate increasing the amounts of CO2 and it's almost like high altitude training in itself. You can do high altitude training by breathing through your nose and holding right. your breath while exercising. Now, and you don't need like, a big old mask to do it either. I know like you did when you checked your VO2 max back in college. Yeah. I did that several times and this actually just, just nasal breathing and breath holding will increase your VO2 max uh, which is the ultimate mm -hmm. measure of how an endurance athlete can perform. Tell me um, about breath holding while exercising. Do you ever tape <laughs> anybody's mouth shut or you just have them pace off a little bit or 
um, like you talk about in the book? Or what, what, what's your way of acclimating somebody to exercising while holding their breath? Yeah. So if we're talking about increasing our carbon dioxide tolerance, the easiest way to do that is definitely just breathing through your nose. Um, that's going to create that anyways. And if we, we take a step back to explain why that is, if we breathe through our mouth, right? So most people know we breathe in or we're, we breathe in a lot more than just oxygen, but we use the oxygen that we breathe in and then our quote unquote waste we breathe out is the carbon dioxide. Well, the reason we can increase our tolerance to CO2 when we're nasal breathing is because instead of exhaling through our mouth where we can get tons of tons of air out, we really can only breathe out a fraction of that amount of air. So we're not releasing as much carbon dioxide. So we're holding on to more of that and that's going to make us more tolerant to it. Um, there's a few different ways that we do that in the gym. We have done breath holes before. Sometimes we'll do that with our warmups. Um, basically we'll, we'll incorporate that in the warmup at times. If we have a shorter, more intense workout, we'll add some breath holds in, in the warmup. That way you become a little more acclimated to the levels of CO2 so that when you're in that high intensity workout, um, I'll ask it like this. Have you ever, I'm sure you've experienced this before biking, biking and doing other workouts. But if you just go outside and you haven't done any warm up, you hop on your bike and just go those first five, six minutes feel terrible. And then you yeah. start to kind of sink in, you feel your pace. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh man, this is much easier now. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of that is us getting used to that higher level of carbon dioxide. So at times we'll use those breath holds to kind of mitigate that beginning of the workout where you would normally have to get acclimated as you go. So we just go ahead and knock that out during the warm up so that you're ready to go when the workout begins. That's interesting. Does that have anything to do with lactic acid as well? It has a lot to do with your pH. Um, okay. I was actually just looking more into this the other day, but it, the way I understand it is that both of these, um, both the, um, both the lactate that comes off from working out in that anaerobic state and the increase in carbon dioxide, both are factors to increasing the acidity in your system. Um, so that's how they tie in together. And if you do breath holes, for instance, um, I'll do breath holes sometimes on an airdyne. So hold your breath, go all out until you have to breathe. You'll feel that um, constriction and that just pain almost in your legs much, much sooner. And that's because the acidity is rising so much faster. Interesting. You know, I read in this book where you could take a little bit of baking soda, mix it with vinegar and do that before your workout, especially an aerobic workout. And it mm -hmm. will improve that the way your body disperses lactic acid. So I thought that was a pretty interesting tip That's, for, I do remember uh, that, but I have not, I have not um, experimented with that yet. I haven't tried it. I'm going to try it for sure. Next time I'll take a pretty good hard bike ride. But um, the other thing I liked about what you just said about your evaluation of the way people uh, breathe when they first get to your gym is whether you breathe through your diaphragm or whether you breathe through your chest, so, you know, yeah, you want huge. that belly breathing mm -hmm. and because it's really a full a, expansion, back, belly, ribs. Right. And I found that, you know, you can calm yourself down from an anxiety attack just by 
diaphragmatic belly breathing. Mm-hmm. Because if you're breathing from your upper chest only, I think you're, you know, the, the lungs get bigger as they go down. They're narrow at the right. top and more expansive down at the bottom. So actually, you can get a lot more aeration if you breathe through your breath. And most people don't do that. And it makes them anxious. Right. And then mm-hmm. if they start having a panic attack, they're only hyperventilating through their upper chest. They feel like they're, they can't get enough oxygen in. That's so exactly right. it also relaxes you, right? Diaphragmatic breathing? Yes. Yes. And a lot of that is because you're getting more of that oxygen. You know, they say anybody can learn to hold their breath for several minutes with the proper training. I mean, you look at these Mm -hmm. deep divers that go down there and hold their breath for 10 minutes. I mean, they're not freakish athletes. They're normal people who have just trained their their breathing into being able to hold their breath for almost 10 minutes. So, yeah. I've spent very little amount of time really working towards the breath hold, but something I'm interested in, I've hit five minutes fairly easily. Wow. That is impressive. So you've been working on this for about three years. Is that right, Zach? Um, Yeah, I'd say it's at least been a personal practice for at least three years. That is amazing to me. Um, You know, you can really dive into it deep and and, uh, do this Wim Hof breathing and all that. That's a little bit different game, but uh, that's an interesting. But it has a huge effect on the anxiety. Like if we discuss what we call it, it's we call it super ventilation versus hyperventilation because it's on purpose. But that's kind of what the Wim Hof. If you hear people, that's he's definitely a buzzword in the breathing world. Um, And that's actually how I first got into it was hearing about Wim Hof and trying some of his stuff was my first experience into all this breathing. Um, but it has a profound of impact on people who are struggling with anxiety and stress. And, um, that, that was the first thing I started teaching people, taking them, th- guiding them through a meditative practice similar to Wim Hof and just seeing the profound impact on their kind of state of mind. That is really interesting. You can see people get emotional when they do this Wim Hof breathing. So if you really yeah. want to take a deep dive into it, whoever's listening to this, you know, read about this this guy named Wim Hof. I mean, he's a guy that can climb up Everest in his short pants and, you know, without oxygen or anything. He's, he's crazy, but, you know, yeah. it brings up a lot of great points that the average person could probably benefit by. I mean, there's only going to be one Wim Hof, but, you know, what you can learn from him is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the way I love what you're doing. I mean, you know, you're not just providing a gym for people to work out in. You're actually teaching them about fitness and nutrition. And this thing about breathing is so important. And I think you're probably the only person I've ever talked to that, that has a gym that's dedicated to teaching people this. I mean, kudos to you. And it's just amazing the advanced nature of what you're doing. Well, I appreciate it. I I definitely see today it being important. And that's why, you know, we're really trying to offer as much as we can to people. Um, If we go back, just because I've experienced so much lately, I'm sure you've seen more and more people coming in with anxiety, stress issues. Oh yeah. Um, If we take that all the way back to the carbon dioxide tolerance, I don't know if you remember, I think he discusses this in the breath book. But if you, they do a study um, on CO2 in relation to anxiety and fear. Do you remember the study discusses it all? I do. So, th- so they, took, um, they took people whose amygdalas 
were damaged. And so amygdala, for those people who don't know, is really what creates fear. So they took these people, you know, they could show them sharks, they could put them on the edge of a cliff and nothing, no reaction, (laughs) totally fine, relaxed. But they put them in a room and they increased the amount of CO2 in the air and these people immediately lost it. Scared, freaked out, wanted to get out of the room. And so it proves that, well, a couple things to know about that is, one, the lack, we all, you know, you always hear people say, I need more oxygen when they are struggling to breathe or things like that. But really what it is, is the ramp up of CO2. The CO2 increases and that's what tells your body you need to breathe. Um, so when you hold your breath for a long time, CO2 increases and that's the trigger that says you need to breathe. Well, so what they sh- showed with that study with these people getting scared when there was more CO2 was that this I even below the amygdala, the things that scare us like spiders and cliffs is this fear of suffocation, which is really triggered by the increase of CO2. So if we can, if we can increase our own tolerance to CO2, then we actually are less anxious, less stressed out, less prone to react to things that trigger us. Um, And, and that's really one of the, one of the biggest, one of the biggest things outside of performance that we see people you know, feel better with is when they, when they increase their CO2 tolerance, just being more relaxed in general. That is awesome. I.e. breathing into a paper bag for a panic attack. Exactly. All has to do about CO2. But uh, so this is really interesting stuff. Um, so learn how to breathe correctly. Zach, um, anything else you want to tell us about your gym? How can people get a hold of you in the Knoxville area yeah. and uh, have you teach them about this breathing and getting more fit. Yeah. So we can do that. We have um, our physical location in Knoxville. And then we also, um, for anyone listening outside the Knoxville area, or even if you're in the Knoxville area, but you're not ready to go into a gym yet, we have online help as well and remote coaching. So if you go to trinitystrength.org, you'll find all the resources there and plenty of ways to uh, fill out a free consult form and we'll get right back in touch with you. That is amazing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna promote you. I'll tell you that much because I think you know what you're it. doing, and I, you've got <laughs> you're doing something nobody else is doing. And uh, Zach, it's great to talk to you. Congratulations on yeah, your new baby girl, and uh, yeah. uh, I hope to see you soon. Um, All right, Zach Kramer, Trinity Strength. Good to Thanks see you, so Zach. Thank you so much for this wonderful yeah, thing. Absolutely. And uh, we'll keep diving. We'll get you back. We'll get you back on here again. We'll talk more about it in a few months. Okay. Let's do it. Hey, thanks, Zach. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.